Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I am Rick Thomas. You are listening to Your Daily Drive. I just returned no less than 24 hours ago from Klamath Falls, Oregon. I've been up there for eight days now, Lucia and I. We did a conference among many other things, but the big highlight is we got to meet so many people at one time during the conference, I was talking to a lady who told me, said, do you know those ladies I was sitting with during the conference? Four of them have lost children in the past few years. I think that's accurate or it's close to accurate. The number was high and the losses were significant, so I may not have gotten that exactly right, but it was profound and I was really stunned at what she told me. It was amazing, but she wasn't the only one. I talked to a young man whose brother committed suicide, and the reason that we went to Klamath Falls or the reason that we were introduced to that part of the country is because of my friend Hayden Palm, a 24-year-old lady who died of cancer last year in November of 2017. We had been following her on her blog and got to know her and her parents. And in fact, her mother is a student in our mastermind program. A lot of things have evolved since we first met Hayden. I spent a good bit of time with her husband, Adam, and really liked him and was just impressed with him, the community, the people. But there is something about the community. It's a small town. In fact, we ran into people. We were in Walmart as we were leaving on Sunday. And a lady came rushing up to us and hugged us and said, thank you for uh, doing or putting on this conference. We were later in Starbucks and met someone who had heard, uh, heard about the conference. So it's a small community. But for such a small community, there has been a lot of pain a lot of difficult, a lot of difficulty, and a lot of suffering, and I was so glad to be there. In fact, you can read my overview of that if you go on our family blog, rickandlucia.com, and you can read a letter that I wrote to Hayden. Again, she passed away. She went to heaven in November of 2017. But it was an, an amazing time for us, edifying in every way, and we got to be part of a group of people who have experienced God in a profound way. I want to dedicate this podcast to my friends in Oregon, in Klamath Falls. Thank you so much for allowing us to be there to do the conference. The title of this podcast is A Progression from Pain to Purpose. Pain, suffering, hardship, difficulty, the progression from pain to purpose— it begins with God-centered thinking that elevates God over the suffering, which is the opposite of a problem-centered worldview. The perspective is, this perspective is the sufferer's greatest challenge. I want to talk about it in the podcast. If you want to read this podcast, please go to our website, rickthomas.net. Look for the article, it's over 2,300 words. It will help you. I have other articles linked in it. If you want to do a deep dive into suffering and how to overcome or persevere in the suffering, please go to rickthomas.net. Look for this article, A Progression from Pain 
to purpose. Let me tell you about my friend Mabel. She sat in my office with her head hung down. She could not imagine things ever changing. She just heard the worst news of her life. Her husband, Biff, was caught in an affair. Though she did not ask for it, the pain forced itself upon her. Mabel's life changed with one email. Picking up the pieces seemed impossible. Taking the next steps were out of the question. It will be many days before she regains her spiritual senses. As the numbness wears off, it will be weeks before she will be able to process her life through a more profound and intense theological grid. One of the more common passages for people in pain is at the end of the book of Genesis. You know the story. It's about Joseph and the ordeal he went through with his family. In one moment, he was a happy camper. He was the innocent son of a great man. And in the next moment, he was looking up from a pit that his brothers tossed him. He went from light to darkness in a flash. Unaware is how heartbreak usually comes into our lives. Though the enemy is always plotting against us, we never know the schemes until it knocks us off our feet. This shock is the hard part. I do not know how long it took Joseph to figure out things. The Bible doesn't tell us when he came to terms with his suffering. I'm sure he was like us. Vulnerable, fearful, discouraged. We do know how he thought about these things near the end of his difficulty, not necessarily at the beginning, but we have read his summary statement. Most of us have used it, hoping to encourage others. You ready? Genesis 50, verse 20. Joseph said this when he was talking to his brothers. He said, as for you, my brothers, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Now, no doubt this passage is far easier to teach than to apply personally. And if you have gone through suffering, you know this all too well. It's far easier to tell somebody this, to share this with somebody, than it is to personally apply it. I don't want you to run down a rabbit trail right now. I want you to think about personal application. I want you to think about how you need to apply it. Consider me sharing this verse with you as you go through your suffering. I know when my life is not going the way I want it to go, it is hard for me to live it out practically. The words of Joseph. But if Mabel wants to come to rest in Christ, she will have to navigate through this passage. As hard as it is to hear, and maybe it will be repulsive to you, especially when you are at the epicenter of your own suffering. But this verse is a gateway to a deeper understanding and application of God, so don't dismiss it out of hand. You know it's true. And you know you need to come to terms with it. So let's take it apart. Let's examine the pieces. My hope is for you to see where you are, where you need to go, 
and how you can live in the missional goodness that Joseph experienced. This verse, Genesis 50, 20, has three parts. Let me break them down for you. The problem, Joseph said, as for you, you meant evil against me. That's the problem. Now, that's a short phrase in that verse. That problem is laid out in over a dozen chapters, starting at Genesis 37 through 50, the it, you meant evil against me. What you meant, he says, well, that it is deep, profound, comprehensive. It's a lot of trouble. So the problem is, as for you, you meant evil against me. The reason God meant it for good. That's the second part of Joseph's verse. And then number three, the solution. We're looking at the problem, the reason, the solution. Here's the solution to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. And so there we have it, the three pieces. This verse has a definite beginning, a middle, and an end. This pattern is how all problems are divided, a problem, a reason, and a solution. To progress through the pain, you must understand these elements while thinking through how you are to proceed. If you become bogged down at any point other than the solution, your life will be difficult, meaning you can't get bogged down in the problem or the reason for the problem. You must get bogged down in the solution. And it doesn't matter where your problem is or what your problem is. The progression is the same. Let's suppose you get a bad grade on a test, teenager. When I was in Klamath Falls, I had the opportunity to speak to over 200 kids at Triad and Hosanna Christian Schools. They came together for this meeting. Let's suppose you have a bad grade on a test, Triad student, Hosanna student. That is the problem. What needs to happen at that moment is your mind should transition to the solution. Now, the solution is the Lord, and you know that. From there, you begin to think like him. Where is God in this? What does God desire for my life? How is God going to use this redemptively? These are just some of the questions to think about as you mature toward the solution. If you can do this regarding the day-to-day mundane irritations of your life, like a a low grade on a test, you will prepare your heart for the more significant problems. But if you are tripped up by the little annoyances of life, you're in no spiritual shape to handle more substantial problems. The bad news is the huge issues are coming your way anyway. Now, I don't mean to be Eeyore here or to be negative. I don't mean to be that pessimistic person, but this truth should motivate you to figure out how to progress through the pain. Because we are fallen people at the end of the day, living in a fallen world with other fallen people. Problems will always be part of our lives, and so we need to learn how to progress. So so let's take these three parts, and I want to talk about them ever so briefly. Part number one, the problem. Joseph was talking to his brothers, as for you, you meant evil against me. The problem is always the same in that it is evil and its purpose is sinister. 
The enemy has one strategy, which is to bring evil into your life, hoping to render you useless. It doesn't matter who you are, where you live. There is one goal. Stop all people everywhere from making God's name great. The devil is Antichrist, and he and his compadres can only think one way. The singular purpose of evil is straightforward. Darkness is meant to be evil. Its intent is for no other reason. When someone does something unkind to you, be assured that evil is the intent. Joseph did not flinch though he was talking to his blood kin. Think about that for a moment. Perhaps you have blood kin, and their intent is evil. If they did evil, their intent is evil. Joseph was clear. He was theological about about what they meant for him. They intended evil. It is essential that you understand this. It was evil, nothing more, nothing less. That is the problem. Element number one. Perhaps you're the child of parents who have done some harm to you. Though they may have repented, what they did was evil. Maybe your spouse has hurt you and later said, I'm sorry. While an apology can be helpful, the evil was done, and it was meant to be just what it was. You don't need to upload it to anything else. Unfortunately, when harm comes to most people, it can be many times overly uploaded. If you over-upload your problems, you're going to spin out of control. What I mean by over-uploading is how some people try to overanalyze or overinterpret the evil meant for them. What did I do to deserve this? What did I do wrong? This person hates me. These are some of the overly uploaded statements. Maybe if I had done something different, he would have done something else. There must be something wrong with me. I'm going to become a people pleaser as a way to stop bad things from happening to me. No matter where I go, evil follows me. I can't believe this is happening again. I'm sure... You have your list of uploaded thoughts about the evil that has come to you. We all are tempted to do it. How about this? The reason bad things happen to you is that you live in an evil world, and sometimes the evil is meant for you. The evil that comes to you is not because you're good, bad, ugly, weak, weird, not so smart, or whatever other reason you want to think of to explain why evil happens. It happens because you live in a sinful world. The danger is when you overanalyze the evil and get bogged down in the problem. You end up running scared, securing the hatches, hoping to make sure it doesn't happen again. And when it does happen again, you redouble your efforts. The reaction, this reaction, is not good. You cannot protect yourself from all the evil in the world. It will happen to you. Though I think Joseph went through many nights of discouragement. Now, the Bible doesn't say that. But just thinking humanly for a moment, and he was a human. When he was talking to his brothers, he was quite mature, theological, and matter of fact. 
our culture cannot progress past the pain like he did because there is no, quote, but God, end quote, in their worldview. Remember what Joseph said, you meant it for evil, the problem, that's what I'm talking about now, but he quickly indexed forward and said, but God. The best our culture can do is medicate the problem through their drugs of choice. Bogging down in the problem like our culture is not the correct option. We have a God, the God. As David said in Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, and our God is Lord over all matters. He is the only right answer for the evil in your world. You must move on to him rather than choosing to spiral into the morass of your problems. Point number one, the problem. Joseph said, as for you, you meant evil against me. Let's go to point number two, the reason. Here is the but God. Joseph said it this way, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Think about that. Let those words settle into your soul. Let them course through your mind. There are always reasons for your pain, and the Christian is the only one who can come close to understanding these purposes. Though God will not reveal all the reasons for the pain in your life, you at least have a starting point here, and that starting point is hope. The Christian always has confidence in God. You know that God is higher than your problems, and God will make a way through your questions. While our culture gets stuck in their problems, point number one, you can transcend them as you make your way to sovereign Lord. It's a beautiful thing. After a Christian gets knocked off his feet, he is still able to reorient his thinking to God and what the Lord is up to in his life. The, supper, the sufferer can do this even while he is hurting. The progression through pain is not like going from one stage to the other, as though you go through a stage, you leave it behind, and you connect to the next one. No, these stages overlap each other. You're still reeling from the blow while trusting God simultaneously. You believe God while in your suffering, not after the pain ceases. You could even be tempted to struggle with your pain decades later. In some sense, the pain will never go away until God wipes away all your tears in your eternal future. You'll always carry the death of Christ in your mortal bodies. You remember what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4? Here's 8 through 10. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed. In fact, I shared this very text with Shar, my new friend in Klamath Falls, who experienced the loss of, of her son and, and the divorce of her husband. She has been through a lot in her short life. And as we were standing in that conference meeting area, I was sharing parts of 2 Corinthians 4 with her. Paul said, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, 
always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies, the great apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 4. I think some folks forget suffering is a permanent human condition. Your culture is so health and wealth-centered, you can feel like an anomaly if you are not like them. This worldview is an illusion, my friend, the health-wealth worldview. The Bible teaches another gospel. If any man comes after me, let him deny himself, as Jesus said in 9.23 of Luke. Your progression through pain does not mean the pain will go away. If you've experienced death, divorce, molestation, physical debilitation, or some other permanent pain, you know this. The mature Christian is not looking for an escape from pain necessarily, but a purpose in the suffering. That purpose always begins with God. Joseph was right, but God, he said, Joseph was God-centered. The pain was not the center of his worldview, and it did not give him his interpretations. God was in the center of his world, and God was the lens through which he discerned what was happening to him. This perspective should be the same for every Christian. You are not defined by what has happened to you, but by the God you serve. The word Christian means Christ follower. You are a Christ follower, not a pain follower. Here is a way to test yourself on this. Let me ask, what characterizes your conversation? The trouble you're going through or the God you are following? Ask one or two of your friends what characterizes your conversation when you think about the trouble, the pain, the loss, the grief, the hardship, the challenge, the difficulty, what characterizes your conversation? Are you God-centered, self-centered? Where do you begin? Now, no doubt Joseph was following God, and it was the Lord who was stabilizing him through his trials. That's what he told his brothers. And this is what God wants you to learn. There are three parts in this podcast a, that's called a progression from pain to purpose, taking Joseph's great text in Genesis 50, 20. The first part is the problem. As for you, you meant evil against me. Part two, the reason. But God meant it. For good. And then finally, part number three, the solution, Joseph said, to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Let's talk about the solution. There should always be a missional thrust about your life. Missional is the directional force of the gospel. Listen to this. Christ left his place, heaven, to come to you so you could find redemption to help others get to him. That is the missional force of the gospel. The gospel is strikingly and remarkably other-centered. This purpose was the reason and the solution for Joseph's problems. The very things that happened to Joseph was because God had a missional purpose in his life. 
though his brothers meant it for evil, God meant it for good, so that a proper mission could happen. The divine purpose was the rescue of a group of people. God made a promise to Abraham, the covenant, regarding his people in Genesis 15. You can read about it in the first six verses of that chapter. Joseph knew this. Abraham was his great-granddad. He knew about the promise, and he understood himself to be right in the middle of God's activity. And so are you. You are right in the middle of God's activity for your life. This truth is one of the astounding things about how Joseph lived out his sanctification. He was a God-centered man, which enabled him to have a missional vision. A God-centered man will always be thinking more about God and less about himself or herself, which is the total opposite of the person who is stuck in or centered on his or her problems. This Christian obligation to be God-centered does not mean you won't get knocked down or be hurt. We all are knocked down. What it does say is, though life knocks you down, you do not have to stay down because, you know, there is a divine purpose in your adversity. I would assume Joseph cried many nights as a young teenager. He was 17 years old way, a long way from his parents. I would think he always carried a pain in his soul because of how things turned out for him. But it appears there was an overarching and stronger theme to his life. He believed God. He believed God was in his mess, working through his mess, and was going to use it for his good and the Lord's glory. Joseph put the accent mark on God rather than on his problems. He was not a problem-centered man. He had a mature understanding of who God was and what God could do through him, which is where you need to be. If you want to be a God-centered person, I recommend you begin with God, not with your problems. When people come to counseling, they want to know how to alleviate their problems. I understand this perspective. When pain comes into my life, my first response is how to stop it. That's not a bad strategy. But if you're going to be an overcomer, you need something more than temporary solutions. Overcoming pain is a temporary solution because ultimately you'll never overcome it in this life. This is one of the encouraging things as I was chatting with Adam Palm in Starbucks in Klamath Falls, Oregon, as he was talking about the death of his wife, his 24-year-old wife who died of cancer, Hayden. He said the thing that had helped him most is, is to start with a God-centered perspective. The more he thought about God and God's purposes in pain, what he is going through, the more it has helped him. He loves his wife. He misses his wife. He cries today because of the loss of his wife. But he doesn't start with where he is and his loss. He starts with where God is, and he is forcing himself. He's talking himself into a God-centered perspective. You see, it could be that pain will never end, and in one sense it never will end for Adam because of what he has experienced. It could be your pain is maybe it's dependent on other people changing. Maybe your pain is dependent on a son or a spouse or parents. Now, while it is wise to think about how to end the pain, 
It is life-changing to think about what God wants to do to and through you because of and in spite of the pain. And that's what Adam was teaching me in Starbucks. He begins with God, not with himself. He begins with God and not with his loss. The pain that carried Joseph to Egypt had a God-centered purpose. Joseph knew this. And it was that kind of thinking that buoyed him through the disappointment. Too much focus on your problems. Too much focus on what you lost is like riding an anchor to the bottom of the sea. Thinking God's thoughts will lift you up. God will cause you to transcend your problems. If you want to learn more about this and how to respond practically, then what I've done here is I've embedded three more articles inside this one, and I would love for you to read them. They will help you. If we can serve you, it would be our privilege to do that. That is what we do all day long. We answer questions. We interact with people all over the world. We are a missional ministry. We are a group of cyber missionaries that go globally every day for the glory of God, for his fame, and for the benefit of the body of Christ. Let us know how we can serve you. If we can, just write our ministry, rickthomas.net. Jump on our forums. We have a public forum that won't cost you a dime, just a little bit of time. Ask your question. Don't send me email because I can't. I have so much email traffic. But we have a place for you on our forums. If you are a supporting member, God bless you. Thank you for your support. You can write on our private forums. Thanks for listening. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.